Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased you're here because today's episode is going to be a bit contrary to what you've probably been told and is general accepted wisdom. But if you want your bedtimes to be better with your kids, then listen in. I'm Helena Mooney and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Bedtimes. They can be super challenging, can't they? It's late, you're tired, your kids are wired and everything just seems to be a struggle. So you probably follow the dinner bath bed routine, you make things nice and calm, you dim the lights, you make sure the TV's been turned off in advance, you may even be putting on soothing music or a meditation to just calm everyone down. The only problem is, is your child has suddenly got a second wind and is bouncing around the place going completely haywire and refusing to comply with going to sleep. Or you might find that your partner comes home and everyone gets super excited and he revs them up and you get really frustrated because, you know, it seems like he's undoing all of your good work, which is completely infuriating and causes probably more tension and you being even more irritated and perhaps short-tempered at bedtimes, which you know is not going to help your kids then to get to sleep. So how about trying something completely different? How about meeting your child where they're at? Now, this whole podcast series is about how to transform everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. And when we have the desire to connect with our children, that's where we try and meet them where they're at And then it makes it much, much easier to then sort of draw them to where we want them to be. Because the way to solve challenges is through the behaviour or through the problem, rather than trying to impose something else onto them or trying to drag them away from what they're doing or how they're feeling. So instead of focusing on the routine that you may have, or sort of even just going from giving up completely that your kids are ever going to go to bed and so you just sort of spend the whole evening doing whatever you need to do and then your kids go to bed at the same time as you do because otherwise it's just too hard. What I really want to suggest is that you ditch the calm and you embrace play. So if they're running around in the nude after the bath or whatever it is, chase them, join in with them, wrestle with them on the bed, jump around, have a bit of a pillow fight, have fun with them. Because it can be super easy, isn't it? You know, if your kids are in the bath, depending on how old they are, or they're playing with their siblings, just to sort of leave them to it while you get a few jobs done nearby. But the best thing you can do at this time of day is to play with them. Because this is the traditional witching hour time, isn't it? When you've had perhaps a busy day, either together or away from each other, and it sort of comes to a crunch time, And everything just goes wrong. You know, your toddler or your child gets really upset about minor things. They become obstructive. They will not get calmed down and go to sleep. So the best way to reach your child in those moments is through play. And so instead of rather, as I said, leaving them to just sort of, if they're playing quietly or happily, just leave them to it while you get some jobs done because, you know, you've got a lot to do, is to set aside even in your head, or you can do it on your phone or on a timer, 10 minutes. And it's amazing what those 10 minutes can do. 
Because when you can dive in with high energy, lots of giggles, lots of fun and playfulness, then your children will love it. It will get them hyper which is brilliant. Now, Larry Cohen, the author of Parenting with Play and The Art of Roughhousing books, two books which I highly recommend, his term, which I'm sure I've said earlier on, is follow the giggles. And I love this as a sort of a mantra to say even to yourself, follow the giggles. If your child is laughing, if they're having a great time, then follow it. Do it more. Because remember that laughter is a form of stress release. It's a really effective form of stress release. So the more your child is laughing at nighttime, the more stress they're releasing, which they're probably carrying from the day or from a previous day or whenever it is. So the more that they laugh with you, the more stress they're offloading with you, the easier it's then going to be to go to sleep. So by setting that timer It means that you then know you've only got to do it for 10 minutes because at the end of the evening, you might be going, this is just going to go on forever. I am never going to get my kids to sleep. I'm never going to have my evening back to myself. This is just awful. So see if you can just stop, set the timer, go, I can do this for 10 minutes. Everything else can wait for just 10 minutes and then dive in and see how your kids respond. Now, this really, really strengthens their sense of connection with you, which is particularly important if they have been away from you all day, whether you've been at work and they've been at daycare or they're at school, or even if you've been together all day and they're still not going to sleep, then whatever is going on for them is going to be helped by having that high energy time play with you. Because chances are, even if you've been together all day, you'd have done jobs, you'll have done bits and pieces. So this gives a really intense time, a really intense focus on connection that's going to help. Because the more your child feels connected with you, the more willing they're going to be to go to sleep. Because sleep is a form of separation, isn't it? They're falling asleep, they're leaving you to go to sleep. And so like other separations, the more your child actively feels your love, actively feels that connection with you, the more confident they are about separating from you. So bring the play. So for that 10 minutes. Now, you might also want to bring play in other areas. If your child is being particularly challenging for cleaning teeth, that's always a classic point of resistance. And it's important to remember that those points of resistance are real indicators that there's something going on for your child. I know it can seem incredibly infuriating that your child is refusing to do something as simple, as mundane, as regular, a daily occurrence of teeth cleaning. But try and remember that when your child is being obstructive, difficult, whiny, uncooperative, whatever it is that they're doing, that is code for you. That is code to tell you that your child has some upset feelings from whatever. And that's the opportunity for you to move in with the connection, for you to move in with play or for you to move in and listen to upset feelings. So because this is all about ditching the calm and playing, find those challenges and see if you can weave in play. Toothbrushing, as I said, is a classic situation where your child might resist. And so you can be really silly. This is one of my most popular games is you you hold the toothbrush and whatever age child you've got, you know, don't be afraid of sort of thinking that you're being babyish by going back and holding the toothbrush and cleaning their teeth. 
you're finding ways to connect with your child through the challenging behavior because you're not going to have to do this on a regular basis. You might need to do it for a few times and then they're going to be fine again. But if your child is struggling with toothbrush, hold the toothbrush and pretend you don't know where the toothbrush goes. So you might want to go, oh, does it go in here? <laughs> you can do a silly voice. Does it go, you know, and you put, poke it in their ear or on their forehead or under their arm or, you know, near their tummy or wherever. And you pretend to be really clueless about knowing where your toothbrush goes. And your child, your young child, I mean, your 10 year old might look at you a bit bemused, but your young child is going to find it hilarious. And then that gives them the opportunity to then take the toothbrush and so don't be so silly. It goes in here and then puts it in their mouth and then take delight in chomping down on it or whatever. Because remember that often when children feel powerless, that's then when be they become challenging. And chances are if they've been away from you, there's been plenty of opportunities for them to feel powerless about trying new things, friendship dynamics, whatever it is they will have had moments of feeling powerless and not having the control and autonomy that they would ideally like. So bringing these silly games where you're the clueless one gives them the opportunity to feel more confident, more capable, more powerful for that pocket of time so that then they can giggle away, release some of the stress, feel more connected with you. Job done. So easy. So toothbrushing can be done super fast because you've brought the play. It also helps the whole bedtime routine because you're bringing the play. When you get stuck on focusing purely on the routine, then you lose that sense of connection with actually what your child is needing that day. Rather than thinking the routine is what's going to help your child go to sleep, start to focus on the connection with your child. That's what's going to help them fall asleep. And by all means, incorporate a routine. I mean, it's fairly standard. You might have a bath. You might not have a bath every night. You know, there's teeth cleaning. There's probably reading some books, popping them into bed or lying with them in bed. And then they go to sleep. So it's not, you know, complicated. But don't focus on the routine. Focus on the connection and then weave that connection, that play through the routine, whatever you do. That is what's going to make things so much better. The other advantage of these games, especially the chasing game, we sometimes play the kissing monster where I'm going to be like the chasing my son and I'm just going to then grab him and kiss him all over, which then he goes, get off. But these sort of games encourage the appropriate physical touch, which is what we talked about in earlier episodes. And the more cuddling that you do, we all need to cuddle our loved ones in this way. The more cuddling you you do, the more oxytocin, which is a hormone of love, is released, then the more loving you then feel towards your child, which will really help with bedtimes because that is a flashpoint. And as I said, you're tired and you're over it. So the more that you cuddle your child, the more you go, oh, sweetie, I love you. You can feel that love again, which then makes you be more responsive and have that desire to connect with your child because there's times, aren't there, when you really can't be bothered, you just want them to go to sleep and you really couldn't care less. By bringing those games, as I said, just for, you know, if you can't manage 10, do five. That's going to help you feel much more loving and, and able and willing to connect with your child to then weave that play or sort of find that flexibility to meet your child where they're at. And then conversely, your child is going to feel that same love and connection too. And then they're going to be far more willing to cooperate with you and 
because they've then had that chance to offload any stress with you, then they've released that stress. They're feeling that connection with you much, much easier for them to fall asleep. Because think about it with you. When you're stressed, you probably toss and turn to go to sleep. It's probably hard to go to sleep, isn't it? And then you often wake up at like three o'clock in the morning going, I didn't do that emails and that email or whatever it is you're stressed about. Stress plays a big part in our ability or lack of ability to sleep. And it's the same for our children. So when they've had that chance to offload any stress, whatever it is, with you, they're going to be able to fall asleep better and they're going to be able to stay asleep for longer. Because we don't have to teach our children to sleep. What we have to do is help the right conditions for them to then naturally fall asleep. We don't have to teach our children how to eat necessarily or to laugh. It's a normal physical function. But what we need to do is we need to help them with their feelings and their emotions that might then be hindering them to sleep easily. So that's why play is so fantastic. Now, of course, there's going to be times when play is not going to be enough. Play is a great gateway into the feelings, but sometimes you might notice, particularly in the evenings, your children were probably going to cry more, hence the witching hour. And when our children are tired, when we're all tired, we simply can't hold on to those feelings. That's why we cry more readily when we're tired. We just, or we're more cranky when we're tired because we're just not going to put up <laughs> with the stuff that we're having to be put, you know, put up with. We, our tolerance levels are much, much lower. Now that is actually a good thing because when we're tired, that gives us the chance because we can't hold on to them, that our feelings, that means there's an opportunity then for those feelings to come out, which is why the witching hour, whatever you want to call it, happens. And that's why to set aside time for you to connect with your child in a playful, fun, vibrant way is going to really help offload those feelings. And the more, as I said, they offload them, the better. So that could be that play is sufficient, but it might also mean that uh, they're going to need to have a cry. And they, you know, if you're having a chasing game, they might sort of stumble or bump themselves into something um, minor next, you know, near them. And you know that it's not a big hurt. You know that they haven't really hurt themselves in a significant way, but they just start bawling their eyes out. It's those times rather than trying to placate them or to fuss around and try and distract them from their feelings. That's the time to go, okay, they're crying. And it's more than just that little bump. That is the catalyst for all of those feelings to come up and out. And it's perfect timing. So trust the process, trust your children's emotions and allow them to flow freely. Again, it might take a little bit longer than your sort of your normal bedtimes, but it's actually going to save you in the long run because think of how many times you might go in and out of your child's bedroom. One more kiss, one more cuddle, don't turn the lights out, one more book, whatever it is that they're sort of um, whining for or demanding. That takes time, doesn't it? And the more they do it, the more infuriated you become. So if you can allow that concentrated time of them having their upset feelings, having that play with you, feeling that connection with you, oh, job done. They're going to fall asleep way, way easier. And if sleep is still an issue, well, then it shows that there's more stuff there. And that's why if you don't want to, you know, deal with these feelings at bedtime, 
try and listen to as many feelings or bring as much play as you can earlier on in, in the day when you have the time and the focus and the energy and the interest to listen to your children's feelings. You don't have to leave them all to bedtime. But if you're out all day, then then that's going to be your opportunity. So just factor that in. And you're not going to have, it's not going to be this big drawn out affair every night. But if you haven't been doing this approach at bedtimes, then it might seem a bigger deal. Although I'm just running currently five days to better bedtimes with your toddler. I'm about to run another live round um, starting from this Saturday. And it's amazing how many parents go, oh, tonight was much quicker. And we've only just been talking about the play. I haven't even been talking about the tears yet. And children, you know, their toddlers are going to sleep in 30 minutes as opposed to an hour and a half to two hours. You know, it makes a huge difference just bringing the play and the connection. So next time, really think about how you can just factor that in and it's going to make things much easier. Now, the other thing I really want to quickly address is all the things that you may be doing to soothe your child to sleep. That could be that you might be playing meditations or soothing music whilst when they're in bed so that they go to sleep. It could be that you're patting them, depending on how old they are, or rubbing the back. Um, all those things are lovely, but they distract your child from their feelings. And we go into more of this into my course in the courses that I run because there's you know there's quite a lot to get through in a podcast. But just so you know that the more you do those things, the more you soothe your child and distract them from their feelings, the less they release those feelings. So then the feelings stay stuck within them, then sleep becomes harder, behaviour is more challenging, yada, yada, yada. So what I would love to offer is that you bring the play, you have that high energy play, you see if there's any opportunities for tears to be released And then you stop doing that distraction. Now, if you're going, well, that's mean, I want to, you know, stroke their back because that's lovely. Absolutely stroke their back or whatever it is that you do, but just don't do it at the point of sleep. So that's why the play gives you that chance to have all that yummy, gorgeous connection, cuddles and everything like that with them. But at the point of the, but it also facilitates upset feelings to come out. So don't leave all that to the point of sleep to do because that is actually not serving your child and it helps drag bedtimes out longer and longer and longer. So can you see how that the distraction will stop the feelings flowing? And when the feelings stop flowing, bedtimes actually get harder on in the long run. So give that a go. I'd love to hear how you are. If you want more help, particularly with your toddler at the moment, I've got five days to better bedtimes, or I'm about to launch my Thriving Toddlers course, which we cover everything like this in much, much greater detail. And I'll give you the support and tips and more games ideas. So come over to parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash toddlers to find out more. And if your child is older, um, I've got courses for that or come and let me know. And if you've got babies, this is a big issue as well. And the same principles apply for babies too. So let me know if you want to know more about that. But just remember, play connection, listen to feelings. Don't distract. Going to make life so much easier. All right. I hope that's fun and good to hear. And I'd love to hear how you are, um, how it goes. And yeah, good luck and enjoy better bedtimes by ditching the calm and playing more. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. 
Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. Enjoy playing.